I'm Akita G. And this is the Fire This Times Podcast. Thank you, as always, for coming back and joining us. Episode 56. We back at you again. As usual, give y'all some fire, give y'all some heat, and everything else in between. Right. You know, everything else in between. You know, we have to say, this is August, August 1st. You know what I'm saying? We in that hot month. In that month when the heat like to crank up, get 90, 95, 96, 98 degrees. So, you know, we're going to be dealing with a lot of fire. So, you know, I tell the people to stay cool out there. You know, be smart, drink your liquids, keep the water flowing through you so we don't have no passing out out there, you know. But, you know, you got anything for us, man? Uh, I mean, I think you, you, you hit it on the head, Aki, but also, you know, like, like, uh, this episode is going to be commemorating Black August. So, uh, this, of course, today kicks off Black August. Uh, and that's actually going to be this week's fire. Uh, Black August is, uh, you know, a month in which, I guess for me, it's uh, it's kind of representing a month in which we, like, recommit ourselves individually. Yeah. But to the collective struggle, and that's what the focus is on. You know what I'm saying? Our co- reminding us what we do, what and who we do our collective struggle for. You know, both for those that came before us, those here now, those locked up in these, you know, concentration camps now, but also who's gonna come later. And uh, we're gonna get into the history of Black uh, August too. You know, yeah. in a later segment. You know, that's what's up, man. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Black August is definitely something that we all should try to practice. You know what I'm saying? It's to me, it's a it's a, a celebration of resistance, right. you know what I'm saying? Uh, resistance, uh, rebellion, you know, uh, escaping from that plantation, you know what I'm saying? Resistance. It goes all into the roots of it, you know what I'm saying? So, you know what I'm saying? We're going to pop that off. We're going to talk about it a little bit later, you know yeah. what I'm saying? But right now we got breaking news for you. Yeah, we got some breaking news, y'all. So uh, just, I think uh, well, it was on Friday of last week, there was an FBI raid on uh, the Uhuru movement. Uh, The leader of the Uhuru movement and the African People's uh, Socialist Party, his name is Omawale Yeshitela. Mm -hmm. And uh, so you want to get into more of what we learned, Aki, about uh, the raid or maybe talk about these organizations? I mean, you know, um, it's, uh, you know, uh, from what it said, you know, um, Brother Omale had, um, he spoke this himself. You know, we seen an actual interview with him speaking on what took place. Yeah, interview on uh, Black Power Media. Um, and uh, pretty much um, FBI came to a spot 5 in the morning, you know what I'm saying, uh, flash-banged his house, you know, kicked down the door, took him and his wife, you know, um, or put them under uh, duress and, you know, put them under arrest. They also kicked in the doors of the Yahuru house, which is a separate house they got in St. Petersburg, Florida, you know what I'm saying? And that's where they conduct a lot of activities at. And it was three total three total locations they kicked in in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. And then one, like you just said, I can't in St. Petersburg. No, 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 no. It was two in St. It was two in Florida. Two in Florida. And two in St. Louis. It's Okay. Yeah. But, but. And then they also 
they kicked in the house. They kicked in his personal house and the Yuhuru house in St. Uh, Petersburg, Florida. But then they also in St. Louis, they kicked in his uh, Solidarity headquarters mm-hmm. and then his international headquarters, which is located in St. Louis. Kicked them all, kicked the doors in, flash banged them all at the same time. FBI came up in there. Um, Guns, you know, vest, yeah, you know. They even had a, a drone flying in the Yeah, crib. his wife said, you know what I'm saying, She, a drone flew by her and went upstairs. So, and uh, I've never once heard of the Uhuru movement uh, having violent clashes with the police. Mm-hmm. You know, so this ain't coming from any, you know, perceived threat of violence. Yeah, at this, least not in years. They, right. they clashes with the police is like, 30 years old. Right. You know, right. it's not nothing recent. Uh, you're right. And But the pretense in which the government is doing this raid, like we said, is not on violence, but it's on a perceived uh, relationship between mm-hmm. uh, the Pe- African People's Socialist Party and Russia. Yeah. You know, the allegation goes something like, you know, these people are participating in, in the Russian agenda yeah in the in America including you know uh upsetting the voting yeah you know so this is remember this is Joe Biden and Kamala's FBI yeah doing this raid and uh and what what is this relationship Omar Wale uh Yeshitella, and others in the organization I'm sure mm-hmm. have had some interactions and relationship political re- relationships even alliances with certain Russians yeah but not Russia as a superpower or Russia as a nation. Yeah. As a state, right? So, uh, and the one Russian in question was a, a Russian, I didn't really catch his name, Alexander something, AR, something like that. Uh, but this is a, a, a Russian uh, from Russia who uh, was also uh, an organizer within the anti-globalist movement. Yeah. So, of course, this, this is... Not even really something the the Russian state is even involved in. Yeah, actually, they they would probably be against somebody like him. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. They wouldn't be with him. But uh, he he's that this Russian is being pursued by the United States. Yeah. With indictments, uh, I don't know if it's connected to this probe into meddling meddling in the election. Yeah. Uh, or something connected with that, which you know a lot of that shit, as we know, is democratic hoax. I mean, you know, uh, this ain't nothing untypical of the United States. Right. You know, um, they have a little bit to grab on to try to tie somebody up. Mm-hmm. So when we think about some of our leaders back in the early 1940s, late, well, mid, after the 1940s, after World War II, they accused many of our leaders of being communists. Mm-hmm associated us and, and things that we were creating and doing as communists. Rock and roll was said to be communist. Yeah. Jazz was said to be communist. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Communist. communist. You know what I'm saying? So um them coming at an um a leader of ours in that manner does not I mean hell they 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 at the end of the day they looked at the Panther Party as communists. And shout out, uh, I know Dr. Sharice Burden-Stelly, uh, who we used to work, who I used to work with locally on a few uh, black community issues, black, especially on campus. 
She does she does research on the connection between anti-blackness and anti-communism, mm. as far as how it's operated in U.S. history and probably beyond. Yeah. So uh, that history is there, you know what I'm saying? And uh, so yeah, to, to denigrate, you know, and this is a socialist party, you know, but uh, that doesn't mean, you know, socialists or communists are not terms that mean you have pledged your fee- your fealty, your support. Yeah to Russia. Yeah. yeah. You know, and uh of course to be able to mix all these bad boogeyman words together, the US media profits from that as far as fear creates attention, which creates profit. Yeah. You know, and, and allegiance. And it also protects and defends, helps legitimize uh the US state and, you know, mm. the the rule of these wealthy capitalists. Yeah. Uh, you know, the defense maneuvers and the propaganda machine in which uh, the media machine is, Noam Chomsky would call it uh, manufacturing consent. Mm-hmm. That's what that's what the, the 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 mainstream media does. It manufactures, yeah. you know, just like other, you know, institutions of capitalism. It, it manufactures consent for mm-hmm. you know, I guess to help legitimize this uh, the rule of the oligarchy. And that's pretty much what it is to legitimize the rule. Um, even when they made those accusations against our ancestors of the past, um, our, the masses of our people didn't fall for that shit and didn't go for that shit. Um, I mean, that's, and communism is read as obstructing progress. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, and like, and you think the communalism of African societies, yeah. oh, you weren't evolved enough in your thinking or you wasn't you haven't progressed enough as a as a civilization as a culture mm-hmm. to be able to use this land you know what I'm saying and use the resources on your land as we should as we can and we should yeah. as these white capitalists you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. who have really been we I mean speaking as a white capitalist we we feel like we're ordained by God yeah. to uh, marshal re- your resources better than you can. That's Manifest why it's destiny, baby. Right. They, they, they divine right. You know what I'm saying? Um, they, you know, that's just that's just a part of their tactics. You know, um, um, Omali and the Yahuru movement has always been shit stirs, and I mean that in a good way. You know, they stay at the system's neck and they call them out. And, um, you know, so they could definitely see them as a threat. I will say, even in the far as the organization, largest membership out there on the ground, holding it down for the red, black, and green, they probably in the number one spot. They pretty deep. Unless you talk a nation Islam. They are pretty deep, Aki. You know, and and they, out, they out there. And I, so I see this, I mean, for, for, for the fascist U.S. state, and the wealthy elite that run it. This is, you're killing two birds with one stone. You're further denigrating Russia and your opposition to Russia because you're showing them as, look, they're infl- they are infiltrating American groups mm-hmm. to help, uh, to make Americans infiltrate and disrupt our elections, yeah. right? But also, on the other hand, you're denigrating uh, black nationalism and socialism black yeah. socialism to uh, not the, just the American masses but the African American mass the, I'll say the new African masses as well Yeah, you know what I'm saying who have been socialized in this country to fear or at least uh, yeah I, I guess to fear Russia to see Russia as an enemy mm-hmm. and uh, 
you know so and also i mean think about if you're able to you know for white americans make them believe that you know these Af these radical new african groups you know what i'm saying are really being led by uh russian uh ideology yeah. or, or leadership mm -hmm. uh it, it helps them uh be okay with you know this country directing massive resources to their elimination or their marginalization. And we've I mean, seen that with the Black Panthers, we've seen that with the Civil Rights. It helps them neutralize those same groups. Right. Because, I mean, normally what takes place is that when they, um, when they begin to target these specific groups and people, you know, they know that a good bit of the, the good bit of the masses are not, they, they, they're, they're, they're not satisfied with the status quo, but they are. And then you got that small percentage that is not satisfied with the status quo. They look for alternatives other than what it is. Right. You know, um, even if that means um, being disruptive in the process. And so, you know, they, that, that's how they're going to paint those, that, 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 that small percentage of people. Mm -hmm. You know, um, the revolutionaries, the black nationalists, uh, I say black liberation because black liberation had black socialists and all of that in it. Um, they've always been a small segment, and the objective is to try to marginalize them even smaller. Yeah. That argument. Alienate them from the people. Yeah, yeah, alienate them from the people to where you can just eliminate them. You want to get it to the point where the masses or the people don't get the people who the soldiers give up. I mean, if you can make people, in, in the moment where solidarity is needed, mm -hmm. if you can make the people, the masses, question, hesitate, that's a success. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of this, you know, a lot of these battles that we're waging with the enemy, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. They have decisive moments. It's not just yeah. feelings, you know what I'm saying, that's going to win the day. Yeah. There are decisive moments where things can go one way or things can go another way. Yeah. So in a moment like, you know, if they've smeared Omarale Yeshatela for decades now, mm -hmm. and then his organization, the organization he helps lead, gets raided by the FBI, you know, not, I mean, not just raided and, and, and messed with, but 40 years of archive, mater archival material, yeah. you know, is stolen. Their phones, tablets, computers mm -hmm. stolen by the pigs. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And uh, that, I mean, that's creating a sense of fear. Mm -hmm. You know, that that might, I mean, potential organizers, you know what I'm saying, being scared away. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And, uh, but also, I mean, on the point I was, I was trying to make, uh, they smeared them for so long when they take a decisive step like that. Now you have, you know, NAACP, for instance. They're not going to come to the defense of yeah. Omar, Omar Wale Yisotela because they're in the back pocket of the Democratic Party too yeah. much. Yeah. And so you can't you can't have a coalition with the Democratic Party and also defend a group that is being accused of collaboration with Russia. I mean, that's the problem. You and that's part, that's that, that's the purpose, you know, some of the strategic purpose around this propaganda. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, um, they coming at him hard. I mean, the brother's out. Um, I take it that, um, you know, if anybody else, well, I don't think he ever went. I don't even think he got locked up. Right. Yeah, you know, so, you know, but he's um, out. He's speaking now, you know. 
one thing I can say is that he, he is a soldier in that sense. And I will say that the Yahoo movement is they pretty solid in a sense of loyalty and being able to recognize this bullshit. Right. You know. So um I don't think it's at all gonna hurt his membership. You know, um they are definitely a cadre based organization and you definitely are gonna go through a rigorous ass training when you get with them. They not playing them type of games, they no loose nationals or <laughs> you know. Right. Um unless you just go against the folk, you know. But um yeah, man, you know what I'm saying? Y'all keep y'all ear to the street. You know what I'm saying? Um, keep your eyes open. Ten toes down all the time. Let's make sure that we're supporting. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Keep on raising awareness about this. Yeah. yeah. Uh, about this issue. You don't necessarily it, it, believe everything you hear. You know? Yeah, we, we got to step up and show that solidarity. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes it's all you can do. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You can't, you know, act directly, you know, as a member of that organization, but we can show solidarity. Yeah, we definitely can, y'all. So, uh, you know what I'm saying? Yahuru to the Yahoo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What we got on board next? All right, next up, we're going to talk about uh, Black August. Black you know, so August. So we, we kind of introduced it briefly before. We know that, you know, today is August 1st, the kickoff for it. So now mm-hmm. is as good as time as any to, you know, really think about, talk through, and ruminate, meditate, you know, spiritually connect with what Black August is all about. Mm-hmm. So I know that you got uh, a lot of literature, you know what I'm saying, through your years of organizing and spreading, uh, you know, knowledge about black history, black uh, life, you know what I'm saying? So why don't you, you uh, kind of introduce... Uh, your history, Aki. Hey, my history. Is I mean, I mean, you, you, <laughs> my bad. Your experience. Your experience. Got you. Got you. Got your experience you, with Black August, and also, uh, you know, maybe cite some of the literature. I mean, or quote some of the literature that you you got. Well, I say this, man. You know, Black August is something. As I said earlier, it is a holiday of resistance towards the 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 plantation. You know, who started in the '70s. You know what I'm saying? Actually, 1979, it was started in the prisons of California. And um, it was meant to commemorate um, the actual um, political prisoner, George Jackson, you know, and um, his death um, at the hands of the prison pigs, you know. And, um, you know, outside of commemorating the lives and deaths, you know, of our freedom fighters, you know, saying you all, it's also meant to bring unity amongst the prisoners. Black prisoners, um, professionals, um, activists, other people in the communities, you know what I'm saying, to stand up and remember those brothers that was in the prison. It's also there to educate. During that month, we're supposed to be educating our brothers and sisters to the, um, the, the struggle against the prison industrial complex, but also, you know what I'm saying, um, the oppression, the colonization, slavery in the U.S. throughout you know what I'm saying? All, you know what I'm saying, African peoples around the world. So So I got a question for you, Aki. So oftentimes I see George Jackson's name and image attached to Black August. Mm-hmm. So what is George Jackson's significance to uh, Black August? I mean, George Jackson was, you know what I'm saying, George Jackson was a G. You know what I'm saying? George Jackson was, uh, if anybody don't know about George Jackson, you should know about George Jackson. You know, he um, organized a Solid rebellion in the prison. You know, some people know about the Solidad brothers, and um, he was slain in this prison riot. 
Um, the brothers, you know, got tired of the way they was being treated, harassment that was going on. Also, there was a lot of political activity going on out here in the streets, Brown Berets, Black Panthers, and things of that such nature. And um, George, you know, being up in there, he also seen the oppression within the system. So he naturally um, rebelled, you know. A lot of the followers and the people that was left from that, meaning the other Solidar brothers, not all of those brothers passed. Um, that's when 1979 is when they came together and decided to make and create Black August for, the, for, for black people to remember because it's a lot of those brothers from that time period that began to come in from the revolution or, or the revolution of the 60s. They started to come into those prisons and stuff like that. And sometimes when you get up in there, you can sort of get forgotten. So they wanted to be able to commemorate those brothers and commemorate the struggle resistance against the system. So that's why they did things like education and things of that such nature during the month. I mean, um, you know, it also got practices. They do a little bit of practices that they try to come with it. And it's not necessarily nothing ritual, but it's like they tell you should fast. And that's from that's no eating or drinking from sun up to sundown, study, train, and fight. And that also means when we say fight, that means fight oppression, fight, you know what I'm saying, colonialism, fight the industrial prison complex, fight oppression. Get organized, join an organization. That's a good way to fight. You know, not just struggle individually and we all should against our, you know, negative socialization. Yeah. And and, and trauma, whatever. Mm -hmm. Heal. Self-care, all that's important, but also fight in terms of join an organization, you know what I'm saying, where you know we can come into intimate contact, you know, uh, socially, politically with each other, you know yeah. what I'm saying, for the same goal. And uh, we need that type of closeness yeah. in the top, this, these very segmented, silo lives that capitalism is trying to thrust us into even further. You know, we're all separated from each other. They want us all, you know, in the home or delivering shit, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Uh, if we're not going to be in the factories, they don't need us in the factories, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, uh, and just buying shit, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, but yeah, yeah, we got to get together in organizations to struggle together. I, I mean, that's one of the things they're trying to expose in that, you know what I'm saying? The prison, the prison industrial complex is something serious. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of money being made out in it, and it's a lot of exploitation going on with it. Or through it, especially with those prisoners in there, and we know how we, how our percentages are in a lot of the prisons around the United States. So you know what I'm saying. We got to sort of, um, you know, that's one of the aspects of the movement that we we try to keep alive. But sometimes you can see fading away. You know what I'm saying. And uh, just for people, you know, who don't know, a political prisoner is one who is um, incarcerated in prison because of his political beliefs, right. you know, um, and political actions. And sometimes those actions lead one to be, become a prisoner of war, which is one who is actually engaged in armed, you know, combat with um, the enemy to achieve their goals. So um, we just, you know, want to keep those people in mind because a lot of times they're not spoken of, you know what I'm saying, we got a lot of elders that's still in there, been in there for 40, 50 some odd years, you know. Yeah, and this month we're trying to uh, use this podcast to highlight some of those political prisoners. Uh, I know this this week we're, we're just going to stick uh, more closely to introducing Black August, 
But uh, you know, next week uh, probably talk a little bit more about Matulu Shakur and others. Yeah, Matulu Shakur is the one right now that's you know he gets a lot of you know what I'm saying. Um, yeah, he get a lot of he get a lot of um, you know shout outs right now because I think he probably be probably the most well known. one. Yeah, re- relative to others. Yeah, not relative to what it should be. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, but relative to others. Uh, I agree. I agree. I mean, he's probably the most well-known black political prisoner. I, I mean, agree. yeah. I, was, I mean, be honest with you, it's funny. It's, it's both of them are Shakur's. Yeah. <laughs> both of them are Shakur's. You know what I'm saying? One in exile and one in prison. But, you know what I'm saying? We got to remember these people because, you know what I'm saying, they did put the work in for us. And as, um, if I recall right, I think I heard um, Matulu say, um, if you want to know what you can do to honor us, Keep the struggle alive out there. Mm-hmm. Keep fighting. Keep the resistance going. That's what. That's what to keep them going because they like, hey, I, I'm all right. I know. You know what I'm saying. I know my people is out there still. You know what I'm saying, making shit happen. And that's a big part of the tradition of Black August. You know yeah. what I'm saying. So even if we look back, why is August chosen? You know, mm-hmm. not only is it related to the the life and legacy of George Jackson, yeah, but it's also related to what's went down in history. Mm-hmm. Our hit new African history, yeah. In 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 Augustus's, history. yeah. <laughs> in the Augustus's, yeah, yeah. Right. So I mean, we can start it off uh, August twentieth, sixteen nineteen. I know there's gonna be some uh, Aboriginal blacks that <laughs> dispute this. You know it, <laughs> Alito. Alito to them. I really, I really shouldn't even open it up with that. But <laughs> that's just on some petty shit. Yeah, that's petty right there. We throwing shots. But August 20th, 1619, the first enslaved Africans arrived in what became the United States of America. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the United States of America at that time. It was somebody else's land, and they was jacking it. And there were still uh, slaves being shipped other places. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Before Europeans really chose or uh, so-called discovered the American continent, to colonize and and farm up and make money with slavery, mm-hmm. they was you know even islands off the coast of Africa they was testing shit out there. Yeah, I mean the first in the West they was in the islands first, you know, um, they was in the islands. They those people worked their way from the islands up into the southern part of the United States, but it was actual British. No, you know who else? The Dutch. I mean, Spain was also a participant in the mm-hmm. colonial scramble for the Americas. Yeah, eventually, yeah. Yeah, uh, especially for that West Coast. Yeah, also, I mean, Florida. I mean, Spain mm-hmm. ruled Florida for uh, yeah. a long time as well. Yeah. And, uh, but, you know. We there, got, we, that, we've been I, here before. <laughs> right. <laughs> in earlier instances um, with travels of explorers and things of that such nature. Yeah, and you know, as we move on, I, I'm just gonna throw this in there too, Aki. It would be a good episode for us to talk a little bit more about early African presence in the Americas. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Because a lot of times that history is being misconstrued by some yes. to mean that we're not our origins do not lay in Africa. Yeah, but instead are, uh, uh, I guess. More rooted in America. Yeah, more rooted in the Americas. That's a whole nother thing. We didn't we didn't totally sidetrack for sure. what we were trying to say. No, I mean <laughs> the, the, no, that's what we do. Look, you know hey, what I'm saying? hey, part of the struggle right now as we see is over identity. Yeah. And whether we I mean, I know we, we hate it oftentimes more than we love it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But 
But what new Africa? What we gotta do is new Africans though. Is is if we gotta throw new African into that debate more? Mm. Niggas is arguing whether they FBA financial yeah. Black Americans. Yeah. People I, people's arguing whether they uh, what what's a ADOS? Yeah. Uh, American descendants of slavery. People arguing whether they African Americans. Mm. Abos, there Aboriginals. Might, there might be a few out there. No, I'm a Negro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. There might, there might be some out there. You got the freedmen. Hey, that's another, you know what I'm saying, uh, but, identity package out there. But we stand on new African. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That, that's the political identity we need to unite around. Mm-hmm. Of course, it has that cultural connection. You know, and we talked about this in other podcasts. We won't get too deep into it. But I just want to make that point that uh, on this issue... We need to talk about and dissect this history more, and also as new Africans engage in the debate. That yeah. is, that I mean, unfortunately, is, or maybe you know, I ain't gonna look. A lot of this foolishness is filling up a vacuum left behind by the righteous civil rights and black power organizations and leaders. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And uh, we've kind of discounted the role of identity, or you know, the, I guess the focus on it that we need. To yeah. protect against the foolishness, which is too much right now. But to keep it moving, Aki, before we get too much off of the Black August. Mm-hmm. 1791, August 14th, Toussaint L'Ouverture, the Haitian revolutionary leader, uh, led an army of enslaved people against the French. He popped it off. And eventually, of course, uh, that revolution was successful. They in the his, first his, Black Republic in the West. First black republic in the West, mm-hmm. made up of former enslaved people. What a, the greatest story in modern history? Mm-hmm. You damn, you know what I'm saying? Damn near the greatest story yeah. in modern history. And they repeated that, that that was against Napoleon's France. He was in Europe banging. He was in Europe banging on everybody at front at the time. Mm-hmm. Only reason that America is what it is today is because French left the so-called New World. After getting beat in Haiti by mm-hmm. enslaved Africans. They couldn't so they, afford to be here. So they sold all that land associated with the Louisiana Purchase to them crackers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, how, you know they got to they gotta look out for each other and help each other out on financial back deals. You know, okay, you took that L over there. And then, you, and then what did the U.S. do? They stepped in and held up that white supremacist, uh, mm-hmm. Western supremacist type of... Uh, Hold on Haiti. They, ste- yeah. they stepped in for Haiti getting their ass whooped. That's how they live. Right. And, you know, we can't also discount Haiti so close to us relative, you know what I'm saying, in the diaspora. Oh, yeah. There was constant uh, transfer of people mm-hmm. from th- those islands and the southern United States. And dialogue between them. Haiti always invited and opened up its borders to other Africans from around the world to come to the Free Republic of Haiti. So, and you know. Gerald, Gerald Horn has a whole book on the relationship between the black Jacobins, the name C.L.R. James, and uh, gave, or at least that's where I encountered it, gave to the, uh, you know, the Haitian revolutionaries, right? But he has a book on the relationship between the Haitian, the Haitian revolution and the Haitian people with uh, our people in the southern United States. Or in the you know in, in that part of the world, mm. which is uh, definitely worth worth our time to consider. You know what I'm saying? Just how fluid those ideas and people were. You know what I'm saying? 
revolutionary ideas fed each other between those two places and you know and part of that was done because of the people that traveled between those two places yeah and so yeah and 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 it's ironic too the next one on the list is that brother we know who he is the honorable nat turner you know what i'm saying nat turner nat turner's rebellion was in august began in august 1831 mm-hmm. um Nat Turner was actually he is like a succession of um a succession of um how could you say revolts you had the Haitian Revolution and then in America we was hearing about the Haitian Revolution people seem to forget it was free blacks up north who could read and could write there were other blacks in the south who could read and could write and they overheard they heard about this Haitian Revolution, you know, that sparked something in them. We popped off a couple of little rebellions, but then we gets to 1831, and that honorable August, Nat Turner rose up, and they, Nat Turner, we, you know, he served justice. We gonna say it like that, righteous justice, you know. Um, I'm surprised, you know what I'm saying, that we got these many honorable days. That's why I think it's a, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a resistance. Mm-hmm. It's a holiday of resistance. That's sweet right there. You know what I'm I saying? mean, a lot, of, a lot of historians say that they kick off with the civil rights movement. And this is not an act of resistance, but the response to it was the resistance, right? Mm-hmm. But Emmett Till's lynching took place in, uh, on August 28th of 1955. Mm. Uh and that was, you know, a pretty big uh, piece of uh, what became the Civil Rights Movement. Hell, Britain's Slave Abolition Act ended in August 1833. Mm-hmm. That's some shit. There's a lot of important days in August, mm-hmm. you know. Thus, Black August, you know. Just some extra notes. And we're going to be talking about more of them, you know what I'm saying, as uh, the month goes along. Uh... Also, I mean, some real quick, some important birthdays. The Honorable Marcus Garvey. Ah. Born August 17th, 1887. So I look look forward to the episode we have around Garvey's uh, life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be a good one. Honorable Garvey right there. And then Fred Hampton at the end of the month, August 30th, 1948, he's born. So yeah, like we said, y'all, a lot of... uh, dope instances of black resistance New African resistance In August And uh, we gonna keep it going We definitely gonna keep it going uh, Let's see You have any uh, anything else you wanna touch on this episode Aki? Uh, not really man You know what I'm saying We gonna try to get this Get this August jumping off right It's gonna be a hot one y'all so you know what I'm saying? While you doing your your training and you working out and you studying and you organizing and all those other things and contemplations and meditations on the brothers, please drink some water. Because <laughs> it's definitely trying. It's definitely time to uh, heat up politically as well. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. We named it fire this time for a reason. We ain't talking about the fire last time. But you can't give no fire out if you ain't got no liquids in. You. That's true. <laughs> you need your liquids in you You know what I'm saying And then we can give them that heat You know what I'm saying For sure, for sure, for sure And we would like to say peace to y'all You know what I'm saying um, Be back with you for the next episode Episode 56 
is coming, y'all. See y'all soon. Peace. Peace.